When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Knife Talk. Uh, This is where we talk knives, we answer questions, we talk conversations around knives, everything, whatever. We even talk about uh, silly stuff like shaving stuff anyways we're gonna get right into it kind of <laughs> recapping our week uh craig how has your week been my friend it's been a lovely week really nice actually um knife wise i have just been gluing and gluing and gluing um so liners to handle materials so um the last i'd say the last two months i just really haven't got many knives out at all because i haven't had the supplies so i made the jump this week to um order basically loads and loads of laser cut uh blades um so i've got i've got 300 coming my way like next week wow. so they're just, just the profiles of laser cut that's all so you know i'll do the heat treat the grind and all the rest of it but um you know if if anything were to happen again such as lockdown or businesses closing i know i've got everything in house then and i can just i can just carry on so all the lots and lots of supplies have come in i've got enough if everything's shut down to, to continue work for 6 months basically um yeah so it's it's been really good but yeah lots of gluing up of handle materials and liners um going down so many youtube rabbit holes this week so i mentioned the last last week or the week before that i'd ordered a a fiber laser to do my engraving and marking and all that kind of stuff. Um, it hasn't come, but I know it's due in the next sort of two or three days. So I've, I've, I've got the software on the computer and I've had a play around. I've, I've watched every single video there is on fiber lasers. Um, and I just can't wait to play with it. So, yeah, it's. I don't know if you guys get it as well. When you know something's on its way, you just get really irritated. And you're checking every two minutes, checking, you know, checking the, <laughs> the, the track in every two minutes. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just itching for it to arrive. So, uh, yeah, so it, it has actually been a good week. It's been really productive. Um, once again, we've had people staying with us over here. We seem every every summer we seem to get as soon as the weather changes and, you know, borders are open now as well. Um, so we've had Amy's mother here. She's gone home. Now Amy's brother's here. Yeah, there's a lot going on at the moment. <laughs> wow. Lots of guests. Lots of guests. Well, you and, have tons of room then. It makes a lot of sense. People are going to well, just stop on by. It's just that I think everybody's been itching to, to sort of get out because, you know, obviously with lockdown, people, you know, stuck in their houses. Um, and, and the UK particularly now, they've, you know, they've um, allowing people to travel. So all the, all the flights are back mm-hmm. on and 
it's a weird one because the, the flights are all sort of half booked, um, but they're fully booked with the half capacity. So there's you know the space in between everybody. But uh, right. yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. I know some areas are seeing big spikes again, and, it, and it's all very worrying. So we'll we'll see how things goes. West. As you know, we are having people over, but uh, we're, we're still very careful about you know getting out and large crowds, all that kind of thing, keeping away, yeah. and obviously wearing a mask everywhere we go and all that kind of thing. But yeah, who knows? It's you know, it's it's quite scary seeing these spikes appear again everywhere. But um, you know, fingers crossed, we'll, we'll all be good. I saw that you guys got out for a date night. We did the first, <laughs> since the baby's been born, and they're I think they're nineteen months now. We've had we've had two date nights since they've been born which is crazy. But um, yeah, it was lovely. So we went to uh, a town about half an hour from here called Brantome. And it's, it's just right on the river. The Dordogne River is beautiful there. There's a restaurant. You all sit outside and it was lovely. But um, it was like 10.30 and we were both whacked. We were just like, we need to go home to bed. We are knackered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. how quickly things change. But uh, it was it was fun. It was just nice to, a bit of normality, you know, just for sure. a little while. But um, yeah, it was lovely. And Hoping, you know, now we get more and more visitors that we'll be able to do uh, the same again. What's very the soon. closest metropolitan area to you? We're 40 minutes from three cities. Um, so, I mean, our village is really cut off. You know, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're 15 minutes away from a town, um, which has, you know, you could take 10 minutes walking right through the town center. It's tiny. But yeah, we're 40 minutes from three. So Limoges is a big city. Brieve is another big city. And Perigo is the third. And we're in like in the middle of that triangle. So, you know, we're not, we're not that far away from, from anything, really. Um, but it's just, you know, the, our locality here is is very cut off. Are so, you yeah, noticing that you're... Sorry. Are you noticing that your town especially is becoming very, like, you know, together? Are you, are you noticing that, like... How are the feelings in the town? I mean, I would imagine you have a small town, so people know each other. Our village, certainly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, an, an example is one of the reasons we chose this area. So, all the villages in, or the areas rather, in in France, um, they grade the population by uh, the density per kilometer. So, where I came from in Cardiff, they were they worked out some like three hundred and eighty people per square kilometer, which is quite normal for us. So, you know. A, sort of metropolitan area i suppose here where we are there's 17 people per square kilometer so that you know there's there's just not many people here at all um so yeah there's there's definitely a coming together um definitely and you know when everybody was sort of making masks i was i was obviously doing the 3d print and the masks but the sewing of the the fabric masks everybody was getting involved with that and they opened them all in the town hall so people go and pick, pick them up and yeah there's definitely a sort of togetherness of of the you know our village um, but with regards to the towns, you know, people generally travel to the towns from outside their villages, so th- there's not that mm-hmm. connection there, I suppose. Right. But um, it's it's still nice to see everybody is still adhering to, um, you know, common sense and wearing masks, going into shops and any sort of public space, really, people are still wearing masks. Um, sure. Yeah, and I, I don't know, who knows where things are going at the moment because you can see, you know, some cities, they're having these crazy spikes. And, uh, you mean spikes. in France? Well, no, worldwide. Um, I mean, France as a whole. I, th- I think Paris again. They've got they've got it pretty bad again. So, um, the the president here said that they they're not going to have a, allow another sort of lockdown. Um, but you know, people need to take responsibility. And you know, I completely agree. I, you know, people, hmm. it's your own responsibility really because it's not just yourself, as we all know. But um, 
just seems like such a waste of time. We've spent so much time trying, and if it when it comes back, it's just such a wasteful amount of all that time lost in April, May, and in June. Yeah. You know, March. Yeah, and I, it's just depressing. I've stayed off almost social media because all I see are clips of people, you know, moaning about having to wear a mask and all these kind of things, and I'm just like, yeah. really, come on, come on. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. I, I <laughs> so uh, Patonk. I don't. Do you know? Do you guys know what Patonk is? <laughs> I don't know. What patonk. Yes. Oh, you do. Correct. All right, correct. Right. Yeah, it's patonk? like it's like bocce, kind of. What's bocce? I don't know what bocce is. <laughs> Jeff, do you know what bocce is? Bocce. Yeah, ball? it's uh, it's uh, it's an Italian game where you have you have to how close you can throw a like a softball sized ball at another ball. That's right? pretty yeah. much. That's Patonk. Is that Patonk? Patonk, Patonk, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's a very sort of traditional traditional French game, and um, in our village we've got we've got a, a Patonk um, club, and it's tiny. You know, it's like a little shack, and there's you know the, the st- basically you play in gravels, a gravel pit, and you, and you play in that. Yeah, and um, I joined that last week, and <laughs> it's nice. just like the craziest thing ever. So it's like ten euros for your you know annual membership. Um, but it's all just a way that they can serve beer and drinks there, really, because you know it's an association. <laughs> but um, I was, uh, you know, they all speak French, so I'm, I'm sort of trying so, to sort of gather the rules and all the rest of it. Yeah. I speak very little French, um, but it was it was just really good fun, really good fun, just to do something quite normal. Um, because it's an association, it's 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 sort of French rule here that you, you can't use your real name, so you've got to you've got to have a nickname. Okay, I did, I didn't know this, so they're filling out my registration card, and they were like, "Okay, well, and what what nickname?" I'm like, "I haven't got a clue. A nickname, you know? Oof, I don't know." So they said, "Okay, we'll watch you play this, Ed, and we'll we'll come up with a with a nickname for you." Oh, so yeah, <laughs> hour later, they 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 grab my card and they write in big letters across the front, "The Smasher." <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the Smasher is not a bad nickname for Patonk. Wow, no. does that mean? Oh, is, that's a bad name because you're not supposed to hit the other ball. No, well, you, well, that's the thing. I, th- when you play in teams, you you have specialists. So you have some who are smashers who will try and break up all the balls, and you know if oh. if everything gets too close, and you have some that are precision and they like to place really close. So you have these different techniques the and so on. Smasher. So. The Smasher. Wow. What, are there any other good nicknames? I thought they were going to break your balls or something like that. No, they're, they're all French. Speaking of which, speak, that's irony of the Smasher is breaking your balls. But, well, exactly, yeah. Right. Uh, talking about balls, I've got to say, after last week's uh, <laughs> shave talk, where we talked about our, our, our sponsor, the prickles are starting. The prickles are coming back. It's not, it's, it's not nice down there. Oh, boy. Oh, itchy. Itchy town. <laughs> you just got to keep it up. Exactly. Needs, so to speak. That's the trick. That's so how they speak. get you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Once Jesus you pop, Christ. you can't stop. It's one of those Are things. Really exactly. A, I don't need a. We don't need a like a measurement. We don't need a hair measurement <laughs> segment of the show. You know, a weekly update. Yeah. Five o'clock so, shadow up and down below your belt. We don't need to know about it. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Marat, let's change the subject. Morocco, how has your week been? <laughs> Oh, I, I actually want to go back to nicknames. So my shop, <laughs> right next to, uh, right next to my shop. Well, so I rent a small amount of space within a larger warehouse, mm-hmm. and um, right next door used to be a biker club, and all of the bikers 
they had nicknames and i was so confused when i first started meeting some of these guys because it was like itchy and scratchy and shaggy and really and and pinch and dig dug and weasel and all these different guys <laughs> and cranked i was like how, do they pick their own names or is somebody giving them these names uh so yeah the nickname thing made me think of that pretty really quick but anyway so um, weird nicknames aren't they it's like sure. you know some people oh they call me the black hawk it's like no they don't right. you decided yourself they you want to be called the, the black, black hawk. hawk exactly they call me the black hawk uh, crazy yeah. I, I had a i worked i used to work a warehouse job like uh where I'd be like at the warehouse at like three four thirty in the morning, stocking and building up orders and delivering and stuff like that. I was not my most favorite job. <laughs> it didn't last very long. It lasted about eight months. But the uh the floor managers, they could not say my last name, Malmasi. And so they're like, Do you mind if we could just call you Momo? <laughs> and so I was Momo for a really long time. And then my uh some, so I worked there with some friends, and even after I stopped working there, I was still called Momo by a lot of people. And so that's probably one of the silliest nicknames, or I guess one of the nicknames that really stuck um, throughout my life. What about mm. you guys? you guys have any nicknames? Just the smash and Prickly, hell, prickly Dick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easy! Really, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, where is this going? <laughs> so, so what have you been up to there, Morocco? Momo? Momo Mamasi. Momo Mamasi. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, making good progress, actually, on that stainless steel knife. I got the handle assembled and glued and sculpted. Um, the next steps now are to start working on the side. I actually split the wood. I don't have a bandsaw of my own, like a wood-cutting bandsaw. And uh, we have family friends that um, they they just have, like, a lot of kind of – uh, random tools and stuff they have around there the this giant like barn workshop and that one of them's a bandsaw and so i've gone over and used it a few times to split down handle scales and stuff like that and uh the last time i used it the the blade was great because it was a brand new blade that i put on <laughs> and i didn't think to uh buy either buy a new blade or anything like that because i didn't feel like you know, it was going to be too bad. And uh, when you're splitting down a SIA stock, this stuff, this material is like three and a half inches wide and 12 inches long. That's a, a long, deep cut. And especially for a deeper cut like that, um, the blades can have a tendency to drift if they're not perfectly sharp. And uh, I was already halfway cutting through this thing. And it must have hit kind of like a weird knot in the burl where uh, the grain was a lot more dense and uh and the blade just started drifting all over the fucking place and it start it was terrible because i'm only trying to cut off like a quarter inch or five sixteenths kind of uh like slab off this off this block of wood because it's only about an inch maybe just over an inch inch and an eighth thick and so that was frustrating because it just all what i'm trying to do is you know cut it and get as minimal of a kerf as possible so that I can sand it down, clean it up and put it back together. And then once it's glued back together, ideally the grain looks like it just basically flows perfectly as though it was never cut in the first place. Hmm. Um, But I've had to do a lot of kind of sanding and and cleaning up on the inside of that cut where that joint, that glue joint's going to be. 
and the the grain doesn't match up perfectly but it's what it is there's not a whole lot to do about it i learned my lesson next time is uh ask if they have a fresh bandsaw blade but realistically i should probably just bring my own bandsaw blade to cut some stuff down just take the extra time to swap out blades and swap them back and everything like that um but yeah other than that just kind of mm. so the next thing i'm trying to do is uh g g mentally wrap my head around the next order i got coming up i try to when I'm working on orders like this, I, I usually like a week out or so, I try to start um, visualizing what I'm going to be working on next so that when I get to it, um, you know, it's not, I, I'm not starting that process right when I get to that project. I, I'm already have started it about a week ago and just trying to think about the material that I need to be making and kind of planning out the billets and making notes and stuff like that before I even get started so that when I am actually ready to start, I can hit the ground running and go. So, other than that, though, everything that's the only well way to do it with this build, and I'm, I'm hopefully, yeah, it's a good way. To, I mean, I it took me a long time to really realize um, that that's what works for me. And I don't know if it would work for everybody, but I it, it really helps me in my planning and my processing of what I'm going to be doing. So, so what about you, Jeff? How was the how's how's the week been? It was, you know, I'm, we're, we're working on a few projects and then uh, we've been doing a lot of rest. I've been doing uh, restorations of these cleavers, which has been a lot of fun. It's kind of something different once in a while. Um, and we got a pile of, Tony got a pile of uh, cleavers a couple years ago and we just started kind of cleaning them up. So I've been doing that and then he's been ordering new. The funny thing is, is like, you know he posted them we moved them all and he just started buying new ones so he just sent me a message saying there are more cleavers coming so he bought a pile of cleavers on ebay and i tell you what people who sell things on ebay can kiss this ass they they are taking cleavers and throwing them in boxes with newspaper and putting them in the mail i had four boxes come where the nut where the cleaver is sticking out of the box oh the blades are sticking one dude thought hey let's wrap this cleaver in one in, in a little bubble wrap it didn't go well it's it just like rattle around the box and they're going through the box and i'm gonna have to like i'm gonna have to tip out my postal delivery guy because these people are crazy so we've been filling with that and then um i finished a knife that went to this uh chef who teaches who does a tv show called america's test kitchen uh julia davison she's super cool she's real nice and supportive and I wanted to get this knife to her before they uh, started the new season of their show, and that w went out great uh, with a week's with a week's notice, with, with a week with a week uh, early, which is nice. So she she got that, and then um, the funny thing is, is you know, I when I when it comes to like t-shirts and hats and stuff, I don't really I I got a guy, and he's great, and he's down the street from me. His company's name is Rescue Stuff, and they do the embroidery and shirts and t-shirts for like the fire department. And like, if you have like a mil, you know, like a, a insignia you need on or dress shirts or so the fire department and the police department, EMTs, and they'll make the regulation clothing for you, but they'll also do embroidery. So I've been using them for a while because it's great because it's down the street and I know Greg and he'll make me whatever I want. A couple hats here. He made the watch caps. He made the ball caps. He makes, it's just great. And you know, I can bring stuff in and he'll have it embroidered. It's just a nice to be able to shake the hand of a person and, you know, have our products made locally as locally as possible. We're trying to also hmm. get the hats that are kind of American made and we're trying to like, push that direction. And it's just nice. 
And once in a while, when I have him make me something, you know, and we can change stuff around. I had the logos. I just changed the logos out. And, you know, I can come in and say, hey, can I get like 10 hats or 15 hats? No problem. And then he'll, he'll, he'll always throw in something. So, like, you have something lying around, like some hats he never moved. He'll just throw in a pile of extras and I just give them away or something and stuff. So when I went to pick up his uh, pick up an order because I wanted I needed new watch caps because some, for some reason in the summertime people want people want beanies and stuff like that watch caps. He said he didn't have. He said you know because it's summertime we don't have a lot in stock so I just threw in a pile of other things. And one of the things he piled in the box was it looked like a pair of you know underwear. It looked like a pair of underwear, but and it, and it turned out to be you know like a black underwear, but it wasn't. It was a mask. It was a cotton, a black cotton mask uh-huh. with the Fader Knives logo on it. You know how they the the cotton ones they got the they look like you know women's un, you know women's baby yeah. bikinis or something. So I just looked at it and it was the ma- a black mask with the Fader Knives logo, and I'm like, Greg, one thing I will never buy, I will never buy masks with my logo on it. And he started laughing, and I was just like, honestly, honestly, I wear the mask because I know that it's important to do. I don't like it at all. I hate it, actually, but I'm going to wear it. What I will never do is try to make it seem like this is normal. I'll never try to make it anything other than this is serious and we need to do it. But I fucking won't be part of some sort of fashion where this normalizes these masks. I'm going to wear them. I wear them outside. I walk the dogs, see other people in the park. I wear it. I work, go to the supermarket, go to wherever I got to go. I got it on. And sometimes you get looks, but fine. I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, I want to, I, I know I should wear it and I'm wearing it. Mm. I will never wear something. I will never wear a mask with either a fucking skull on it or, or fader <laughs> knives on it. And I just think that when you start to like make these kind of trendy and fashionable, you're kind of making it normal and I'm, I'm against it. So what do you guys think? Do you th- I mean, what do you think of these, you know, that concept? Cause there's a lot of people doing it now. There's a lot of people I know restaurants are, are getting their logos on it. And it's just, it's just, it seems to me it's becoming too close to being something that's being normalized. But I'm okay with it. I think if it gets more people yeah. wearing masks, why not? I, there's no, I don't think there's any harm whatsoever. So I, I, I agree. I think, you know, if kids want to wear like a like a Nike one or something like that as well, I think great, great. At least they're wearing them. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't see what your problem is, Jeff. I tell you, that? I tell you, my problem. I think that yes, that in that situation, anything to make people wear them is great. But I don't, I don't want this to be something that's like a part of our wardrobe all the time. This needs to be. We need to deal with this pandemic. And then when it's done, we got to go back about our business. And I don't want to try to make money off of having masks with my logo on it. I wear it, and I wear it, and I wear it. And then when this is all over, I want to fucking put it all away. I'm not going to hmm. wear it to to try to be cool. I'm not trying to be you know trying to you know cash in on 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 what's going on because I hate everything about it. I suppose yeah. I suppose cashing in is a, is a different thing. Um... Yeah, you don't. You'd want to make them a profit off them. I I understand that completely. Yeah, and they look. I mean, it's like it's like a, it just becomes like, where did you get that mask? That mask was great. I don't want that. I want this to be. You know, this is a you know prophylactic situation, and we're taking care of it. And when it's over, take the prophylactic off. Is that the right use of prophylactic? I haven't got a clue what the word means. I just can't I, I think prophylactic generally refers to as like a you know condom or something like that but i would think that it's probably around the same thing 
I thought right. there was an F in there. I thought it was prophylactic. But what? <laughs> prophylactic is we're prophylactic. Prophylactic. We're not known for our pronunciation. P.S. You know that's not. You know that's not our our forte. You but still it, struggle with aluminium. Let's remember. Yeah. I just think that I just think that it gets to the point where it's just like let's just do what you know. We don't need to be cute. We don't need to be. We need to just do our job and then get past all this. Hmm. So there's no no fader pants come in then. Fader pants. Underwear, underwear. Oh, no. I, I no, keep I'm forgetting that you guys don't speak proper English. Well, pants when are I what say you pants, wear on your pants. You mean pants trousers? Are, pants are what you wear on your legs. Trousers. No, no. There will be no under. There will be, be no fader knives <laughs> underpants. You're not going to get okay. full blast across the butt of some underwear. <laughs> I tell you what, that's not a bad idea, except for the fact that I don't want pictures of people wearing the. I, you know, funny enough, in, in regards to that, actually, th- shout-out goes to uh, my buddy Chad from Mancrafting. He made me some tumblers. I, I, was, I liked the, the – he had sent me a tum- – he gave me a tumbler when I went to the Blade Show with the Fader Knives logo on it, and he made me a couple more, and he made it with the Full Blast podcast. And it gets to the point where it's just like, how far do we go with this merchandise? You know, it's just <laughs> like – I sent one to Tony, and it was fun and everything like that, but it's just like – how far do we go with all this goddamn merchandise? Because ultimately, it's all a loser. You know, you can't really, you know, T-shirts and hats and tumblers and, you know, key fobs and masks aren't going to pay the rent, you know? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, by the you, way, full, full Blast this week was incredible with Ben, Ben yeah. Snoor, um, and, and his crazy Uncle Rick as well, hearing all about that story and... And what a, just a, a crazy life he leads compared to, you know, the regular person. It's just ben yeah, is, it was thank fascinating you very much. to listen to. Ben, fascinating. ben is awesome. We're going to do it again. I'm loaded to the gills up through September with guests, and I'm, I couldn't be happier, and the response has been great. And thank you, Craig, and the Maker E Network for, for putting up with it. And I got a lot of really cool things coming up. And Ben, this is not the last time you heard from Ben. Ben is... Ben is an awesome guy. He's also the guy who does uh, "Where's the Beef" on our on our thing. He's, hmm. he's just he's a he's a fascinating guy. Comes from a long line of cowboys and ranchers. It was a very good conversation, and I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, awesome. cool. Shall we move on? Sure. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Do the chopper! Do the chopper, indeed. Yes, even heat. We all use them. Um, if you're looking for a an oven to heat treat your knives, which which you're going to need if you're taking this professionally, there's only one place to go, evenheat-kiln.com. So we're at that part of the show where we like to answer your questions. Um, we receive loads. And if you've got a question that you want to send us... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. That easy. And this bit of the section, this bit of the show, rather, we like to call... Hey, man, can I ask you a question? And I'll jump straight in with the first one, which is from Noble Savage Forge. Have you ever, or did your temper cycle... Let me read that again. Have you ever did your... (sighs) Noble (laughs) Savage Forge, you need to learn the Queen's English. Jesus. (laughs) Have you ever, let's say, done your temper cycle after you have done all your finish on the blade to have that golden patina on your steel ah oh, so that sort of straw color what you get with it with a good with a good temper right. have you ever left that on it sounds like he's trying to do it towards the end after he's already done the blade finishing 
I would suggest mm. that you do not wait <laughs> to temper. You can always temper again later, uh, but uh, the hardening process of the heat treatment is really stressful on your material, and you want to quench or you want to temper um, as quickly as you can. And um, if you are looking for any of that kind of coloring from the heat, um, you can also do it later. Doing an extra temper cycle later on is not going to affect anything in your knife. Um, especially as long as you're not going beyond the temperature that you previously had tempered at. Hmm. Um, so that would be my advice. That's a good, I hadn't thought of that, of doing another one after you finish the blade. And you yeah. probably don't even need to do full two hours. I mean, you don't want oh, to take no, you, no. it's going to take you like 30 minutes for it to get that straw color. I, the funny yeah. thing is I have done that when I, when I tempered hammers and I wanted to keep the, uh, I wanted to keep the hammer color golden. It doesn't hold. It, it, it no, comes it off. It, it's not gonna. It's not. It's not something that's gonna last. And you can actually get it off with, you know, just rubbing it with some fine Scotch Brite. So you're not gonna. Right. You're not creating something that's long lasting. That is mm -hmm. the biggest problem. I have. I will say though. What like say I've made some jewelry out of some scrap pieces of the Damascus. Um, I actually made some earrings for my wife, and I heat blued them. But I just used my hand torch, my propane torch, and just gently brought it up to, I think the blue. The blue tone is around 525 degrees or so, but you just kind of like slowly bring it up and, and it'll change color. But then you have to, like Jeff was saying, you got to be really careful because um, the, it's not a, a durable finish of any kind unless you do some sort of like a, a, like a Cerakote or like a clear ceramic, uh, like a, what was it called? Ceramic coating stuff. Anyways. Um, baked over the top of the blade hmm. uh, that's the only yeah, way it's like sometimes when i've done it. like stainless stuff you bring it out and you open up the packet and you get these like amazing you know the full spectrum of colors sure. on, you know on a, on a on a stainless you think oh that'd be so cool to leave on the blade but obviously you know that's that's pre-temper and all the rest of it and by the time you go through all the motions that that's completely gone but yeah it, w it would be quite cool to see i think if there was a way to hold it it would be great i mean i yeah. would told but it's like you know yeah, they make for some good fun. Because generally, what I do, I put a little bit of like, like I'll ball up some tissue paper and I'll put that in the packet when I'm doing the stainless. Because I, I don't know how true it is, but the idea is that around about 200 degrees, the the tissue will um, burst into flames, which will then suck out the rest of the air in the packet to make sure it's completely sort of inert inside that packet. And it's round those balls of tissue that you especially see the colours. So if you place them really carefully, you can get some like amazing patterns and so on. But yeah. They've never stuck around for me, unfortunately. That's actually I tried to do that with my oyster knives because when I'm when I heat treat the stainless steel oyster knives, I'm not making them thin. I mean, you know, you make them like uh, well, it's it's almost like an the the cross section is like an oval. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out ways in which I could leave all the crazy uh, heat treating colors from the stainless, and none of them came out. You know, obviously, it, sometimes it doesn't come out 100%, but it, it is very easy. That's too is very easy to remove. Super mm. easy to come off. Ah, okay. Okay. Good question, though. Yeah. Good question. Who wants to take right. next? Yeah. This next one is from Coulter. It uh, looks like he's got a couple questions, actually. He says, uh, "Are there first, are there certain tasks involved in knife making that you would consider automating? Uh, in the future to help streamline production besides getting profiles uh, either water water jet or laser cut let's start there so 
Craig, you actually both of you guys do some some stuff to help streamline the process, right? Yeah, and I'd automate everything if I could. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I I I love playing with all new sort of new toys and all that kind of stuff as well. So um, some of my handle material, I'll use a, a CNC for which I've got here in the shop, just a little one, um, and they and they'll cut them out. And I know it's it's repeatable, and I can you know I can just set it and just go back to it every every now and again and put new material on. Um, this laser I talked about earlier, that's that's going to be doing all of my sort of marking and, and engraving. Um, and I suppose that's, you know, automating a process, whereas before I'd be using a marking machine and doing them all individually by hand. Sure. Um, I'll just simply make it make it like a jig on the table there so I can just slot a blade yeah. in each time so I know it's done at exactly the same place. Um, and, you know, there's even little things when it comes to automating. Little, we, we always talk about having, you know, multiple drill presses and them set up for different things. I suppose that's a form of automating too. Um, so you're not always going in and having to change tools. Right. Um, I think anything you can do to streamline production, I'm, I'm all for it. All for it completely, 100%. I just had uh, – I'm the New Jersey Steel Baron just uh, is cutting me some new <clears> – <throat> pardon me, steak knives and um, – some other knives, and I, I, do, I use them a lot. I would love to, at some point, have someone heat treat for me and even maybe rough grind out. You know, that would, that would definitely, down the line, that would make my life a lot easier. Um, hmm. and, and then uh, in regards to what I did now is <clears throat> I've just recently ordered more Kydex things. I actually ordered a new tabletop drill that I can dedicate to the Kydex station. And I actually just, I, I didn't really want to, but I got a, an Arbor press just so I, I could have something dedicated to the um, rolling over the eyelets just because, mm. you know, you're changing out. I have two drills and it's just like I'm changing out the bits. And it, if I could have something dedicated to the kind of a Kydex station, uh, I would like to do that. So I'm actually, actually re, re changing one area around. So it's my small oven, the presses, and then ideally it would be nice to have, you know, a whole area with a little small bandsaw that I can use. Actually, that's a great idea. I have a, a bandsaw in the basement, a small, cheap one that I could use. And then to get everything in one area, just it would make my life so much easier. I remember being in a metal shop where we had, um, we had a drill press that was a drill press, a tap, and a countersink all in one. It was like three heads. And just oh, yeah. being able to do all through without having to change anything, going one, two, three, it just made life so much easier. So the more you can do, the better. And I'm really trying to be as efficient as I can in terms of as automating as much as I can. But I would love to, you know, I love the water jet. I love the water jet stuff. I love, uh, it would be great to have something at some point, somebody yeah. else heat treat some of the big, you know, like batches of stuff and maybe even someone to grind them. But at the yeah. moment, I've, I I've done do that. that. I've done that in the past as well with um, like a restaurant order. You, you know, you give me a price and they didn't quite have the budget. So I said, well, there, there are ways we can, you know, make, make it cheaper for you. And one was to get the, the grinding and the heat treating done. So I, all I basically did was the finish and handle, handle work. Right. Um, it, going forward, it's not something I want to do regularly, but, you know, for this, this, this client, you know, the, the, that's all their budget would afford. And, and they knew that as well. They knew exactly what was being done. That was being done sort of not in-house. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got no problem with it being done. Um, what, what about you, Morocco? Do, do you do any sort of automation at all? Or is it, you know, all 100% no, sort of sweat and tears? Yeah, it's mainly all te Mainly sweat. tears, but the sounds of things. <laughs> mainly tears, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I would love to automate some of the process. Um, 
especially, you know, I, I would like to kind of develop uh, a, another tier from what I, what I'm common, like normally doing right now, which is all these custom builds, um, kind of along the lines of that, uh, the small batch I did a while back, um, I, I would be happy to pass off, you know, having the blades cut out and having some of the grinding done, whether it's by hiring somebody, uh, to do it in my own shop or, or having it done elsewhere, uh, having the heat treat done, even having the handles, you know, C and C, uh, ideally 3D C and C, uh, cut to, you know, within whatever, 90% or 80% of finish, uh, so that by the time it gets to me, I'm doing, uh, the, the important work kind of in a way, you know, the stuff that takes uh, a higher level of skill to do in, yeah. in, either in the finish grinding, the sharpening, kind of the final details and the fit and finish and everything. Cause that's really what's important. Um, and realistically, you know, when I worked for Bob Kramer, that's kind of how things worked there. I was doing, you know, I was, I was cutting the blades out. I was making the Damascus. I was doing the primary grinding before heat treat. And then after heat treat, uh, I, so I'd pass it off to Bob for heat treat and then it would come back to me and I would do the handle assembly and I would do all the handle sculpting and then he'd go take it back for finish grinding, um, and, and putting his mark in the, in it and sharpening it. And so he kind of, by having me in the shop, um, was automating some of the process because what, what was more important or what was more important for him and his time and his skill level is to be elsewhere not doing yeah. kind of the quote unquote monkey work um, because uh, you know, that's, that's not where the, the, the value in his time was at. And I think that's another thing that for people to think about is where is your time most valuable and importantly spent, I guess, because sure you, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I hear the idea like people saying, Oh, stock removal is bullshit. And, or, you know, or basically like passing off any of this stuff. If you're not doing every part of the process, it's not as valuable, but the reality is, you know, it's it, those, those are processes that are not really important that what you, that you drill the hole. Oh my God. Like that's going to be a game changer in making that knife. Right? <laughs> no, it's not. And so uh, as long as you're telling the truth, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And I think, uh, I think that is key is being completely transparent about the pro your process. And I think it's great what like, especially the way that you guys explain it is like, you're, you're trying to do serve or do right by the customers because some of this automation really does help, uh, keep the cost down because again, the, the value of your time, you know, for me to drill a hole versus a, a laser or a hydro or a water jet, to blast out a hole is completely different costs in time and and that savings gets passed on to the customer right and so hmm. um, and i think what yeah. a lot of people don't realize is like let's say something as simple as getting a profile cut sending off a profile and it'll be laser jet or water jet cut which i do for 90 percent of my knives yeah. And, you know, one reason of that is, as you just said, it's it's sort of the monkey work. It's it's, it's not particularly skilled to be able to, yeah. you know, to grind out to a, to, a, to a shape, just, a, you know, a flat blank, if you like. Yeah. Um, one reason for that for me is the cost. I hate grinding profiles from mm. like, 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 a, like a flat bar or something like that because sure. I'm eating through belts and I know it's just not a very productive way of getting through stuff. Or you could use a metal band saw and, you know, they don't last very long either when she's cutting through stock. No. So for me, it's a, it's a cost thing. I, I, I hate buying consumables for doing that part of the job. 
Yeah. Um, there's also obviously the time thing. It just takes time, and it's some. As I say it's it's not particularly skilled. But what people don't realize is t- to be able to do that, you need a different skill set, which a lot of people don't have. So if if you're going to send off a a design to um to a cutting shop or you know a water jet or whatever they get, they're using, they're going to need a a particular file, and you know being able to do that is a is a particular skill set which a lot of people don't have. So they may say, oh, you, you're just palming off, you're doing the easy work. But I can quite often spend two or three days working on a file before that happens. Wow. You know, but the the the, the yeah. one thing is then that can be repeated, you know, a million times over and over because it's a, it's a digital file. But I think when people start going on about, you know, people using CNCs and lasers, all that kind of stuff, thinking you may be palming off the the craft of it. I think, no, I think that it's actually just a different craft. Sure. Most people wouldn't know how to operate a, a laser or a CNC, that kind of thing. It's a completely different craft. And, and as time is moving on, we're going to see more of these things. And they're going to get simpler and simpler to use, and people have them in their house. They'll have desktop versions, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But for now... It, to me, it is a craft being able to get your your designs onto a computer. And yeah, there are tools which will sort of automate parts of that for us. But you can be completely express with the tools that you can use. You can be completely expressive and and change everything to the nth degree. So it, to me, it, it is a craft. And when people say, "Oh, you, you know, you automating bits." It doesn't necessarily mean to me that you're making things easier. It just means that you're using you know different skills one thing i am jealous about is the fact that you do have that skill set because right now and this is no longer a sponsor of ours but they are still friends uh the new jersey steel baron will they'll do your you know your they'll do your uh your cad for you you know they'll do yes, the programming yeah. for you actually what i do is i'll make a physical template he I talked to Pete one time. He says some people sometimes they'll take a napkin, draw it on a napkin, and then he'll translate it from a napkin. <laughs> but I actually, what I do is I'll take a physical, um, you know, uh, template. I'll send it to him, and he'll he'll have it all squared away really quick. I, I, I love it. But I would love to be able to do it myself, and that's one of the other things that is kind of annoying, is having to depend on other people. Because, you know, when you're, you know, in this kind of what you're doing this and this is your passion and this is your thing and you like things a certain way and stuff like that. When you have to give it off to someone else to do it, you're trying to make sure that they come exactly the way you want it. But then, oh, this guy got sick. Oh, my father in law did this. Oh, yes. You know, your fucking guy. What's his name? What's his name? Fucking Freddie. Who's your guy? Fucking, who had to fucking dump? Tim. He's he's no Fuck, longer my man. Yeah, fucking fucking Tim. Tim. Well, I mean, it's yeah. uh, you know it, that's the problem. It's like you get to the point where you're just like now I'm waiting on all that. You know, I'm waiting on this. I'm waiting on that, and that's the most frustrating part. To the point where I hate. I've had yeah. things done, and I'm just like, God, this is. It took too long. It's just too wait, and it isn't the New Jersey Steel Baron, they, they, but I've had other people who have had done things to for me. And it's like, well, what the fuck am I waiting for? And then you get the emails mm. back like, oh, I don't think you want Oh, man, I'm having a hard time because so-and-so and such-and-such is just like, yo, I don't want an excuse. I want the mm. fucking thing you've done. And you're just like, and then I always talk to Tony, and I'm just like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. You know, just- well, that was the reason I've, I've just ordered 300 sort of uh, profiles cut. Um, and again, having, you know, getting more stuff in-house here. So I'm less reliant on on others. And it's just hard to count on people in general. And yeah. it's, this isn't just yeah. in manufacturing. This isn't everything. It's it, I, when we were, when I was back in a metal shop, 
finding a welder who would be who could weld and be on time and wouldn't call in it was like i mean i was just trying to find like jesus or something i mean it was impossible mm -hmm. it's the same thing in the restaurant business <laughs> finding people who are going to not going to call in and you can count on them cooks are the same thing it's it gets to the point where you you're trying to do the best you can and then all of a sudden it's just money's flying out the window because you can't count on it because you know that you'll do it better than they will yeah mm. yeah no it's annoying I mean, that's why uh, Jonathan Porter, and I say his name every five minutes, he's got his own plasma table. He can do his, he does, he has stuff made elsewhere, but he's self-reliant. Like he, he, yeah. he, he, he can, uh, and he's really good with the computer. And he, he made a, he made a, gr a, a grill. He made a grill. He just came up with an idea. He made a grill. He can figure out how to, he knows how to use the computers and he made the casing for um, forges. He sounds so, so old. He knows how to use the computers. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off, Smasher. I'm just telling you, you know, he, you know what? You know, okay, all right. I want to see that. I want to computer like, you really got me. well. You got me. Oh, man, it's fine. Fine. No problem. But I'm telling you, he's self-reliant. He can do whatever, he can make whatever he wants, you know? And he's, good at, he's degree. very good at computering. Very good. <sighs> the fucking plodonk. That's calling you fucking smasher. God damn it. I was just trying to say something and fine, you broke my balls. It's fine. <laughs> so the there's, smasher there's broke second, my balls. Big surprise. The smasher. The ball smasher. There's a second part of this question. Um, so he's asking about the automation and so on. But then he's saying, is it because you don't enjoy that specific part of the process or is it because it's a logical decision? It's a good so let, let's go decision, to. Right? Yeah, I mean business, but also for me, it's it's enjoyable. I I enjoy um, computering and, and designing that way. <laughs> I enjoy the computers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but like for you, Jeff, where you I know you get you get certain stuff like laser cut and or water jet cut. Um, I'd, I'd imagine it, it's a business decision, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. It's, my time is better spent doing other things. You know, when the orders come in, it's just you know. Tony's, you know, and we talk about it, and he's just like, I need you doing less of this right. stuff. Otherwise, we're never going to be able to do, we need to, our business model is, is going to be based on volume. You know, my yeah. prices, I yeah. want to keep, I want to make things of value, especially my, most of my customers are first-time night buyers. You know, they're, they're used to some, you know, whatever, some cheap block or something like that. And I love this group. I love this, this these people who are interested, but they have no idea. I love it. And Part of that is is going to have to be on volume, and part of that volume is not me yeah. doing some of the nonsense, you know. So, mm. but I don't enjoy. Oh. There's a lot of it I don't enjoy. The profiling and the drilling, I don't mind so much. I don't even like the heat treating. I'm not. Th I'm not a. I don't really enjoy grinding. To be honest with you. Yeah. You know, but well, in in manufacturing terms, it's referred to as scaling, right? So basically, you're multiplying yourself. So while, you know, the New Jersey Steel Baron is cutting out blanks, you're doing stuff that's more important, like you were just saying. And to think about it, like cost-wise, whether you're drilling holes or doing something very, like highly skill-related, like the finish grinding or something like that, um, you're you're getting paid the same. And so if you can basically pay less to have the holes and the profiles cut out while you're doing more important stuff you're effectively multiplying yourself in a way that you're making more like basically not twice as much money but you're scaling in a way that makes sense for your business right mm -hmm. one of the things that i do like about the um the doing water jet is especially if you know you, obviously they do the holes for your rivets all of a sudden you don't have to like 
you know, you could be a little bit more, um, you can mass produce your handles a little bit easier. You don't have to worry yeah. that you might be off by eighth of an inch here. You know, you're not doing every single one by hand, which is a lot of times what I do. So they're not identical to the point where I can swap handles out. So being able to have them water jet cut cuts time yeah. down on other processes. Sure. Fucking amazing. Good, good point on what you just said then is, you know, you've got your holes in exactly the right places and so on. But that one file then that you, you know, once you've got that file, you can then use that same file then to do your to do your handles, maybe using a CNC right. to cut your handles. Right. And you know everything's going to fit perfectly every time because it's completely repeatable and, you know, accurate to, you know, microns. That's exactly what I was going to do on what they're using. Bantam Tools. I, Bantam Tools is in my town and uh, we're mm. trying to figure out a way – the only problem is, is that they do uh, small desktop units that I'm gonna just end up burning out with the the G10 and uh, micarta is not for them. They're you know they it's too it's too fibrous for their bits. But yeah, I was talking to them about it and they were just like, yeah, just give us your file and we can see and see out all your all your handles too. So hmm. there is a value to that too. Yeah. Okay, who wants to take the next question? Okay, this one comes from Jordan Dans. I was listening to some old episodes, and y'all were talking about using a Scotch-Brite wheel on a table grinder for cleaning up stainless. I've used the belts before, but never a wheel. Are these something for an angle grinder or a bench top grinder? I think that was you were talking about you used those, Craig, that you had learned yeah. from Finkel. So what I like to do is, oh, yeah. is get an angle grinder and like gaffer tape it to the bench. Shut the fuck up. Stick it on the full fuck, hit. The fuck out. Stick it on full, full whack. whack or full blast. Full, full blast. Yeah. And then <laughs> no, um, they, yeah, they, they go on a, on a on a bench grinder, you know, with a sort of seven inch wheel. Um, they're, they're quite difficult to find, actually. So I I will put a link up on on the uh, in the show notes. Um, but Fingal Ferguson uses them a lot, and he sent me the link to to find them. Um, they're, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. Um, they, they'll do exactly the same thing as a belt. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, the, the great thing about Scotch Bright is it, it doesn't lose its, uh, it's like cutting ability, sure. but what it will do is just, it'll just go down to nothing. So when you've got a belt, that's originally, <laughs> sorry, when you've got a wheel, that's originally seven inches, it'll just get smaller and smaller and smaller. You, you haven't got to worry about the, like the efficiency losing. It's, it'll just literally disappear to nothing. So yeah, they're brilliant. They are pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, I think I paid sort of eighty, ninety uh, euros, which is close to, close enough to eighty, ninety dollars uh, per wheel. Um, yeah. But they last forever. I've, I'm still using the same ones, which is probably two years down the line. I'm uh, sorry for interrupting, yeah. but the la- oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. I was. I'm sorry for interrupting, but like five seconds, five or ten, fifteen seconds ago. We have a new. We're doing a new uh, software for for the knife talk, and we have mute buttons. I've been hitting the mute button. Everyone's hitting it. We had t- we could text each other. It's great. Mareko just oh, that is- you coughed in the middle of pressing the mute, so there should be this awesome <laughs> Sorry about that, noise. Guys. Sorry about that. So he hit it. He coughed and then hit the mute button halfway through. Here, so that, enjoy that one. That should be. You should blink that to the. That should be at the end of the. That little noise should be like at the a- end. Okay, like a camel taking a fall. Yeah, was, yeah, no, it was great. It was like a, it's great. Okay, Scooby. <laughs> yeah, last time so, I yes, saw those the... wheels. Oh, sorry. Go gonna... on. Regarding price, last time I saw those wheels available somewhere, yeah, they were, uh, uh, they were like one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty dollars. But like you were mm. saying, they last a long time, and so yeah. you'll you'll get a lot of work out of them. They're just wow. upfront yeah. investment is kind of pricey. 
And if you're wondering how they look, take a look at Fingal Ferguson's Instagram because the finish on his blades, he's using a lot of sort of Dharma steel at the moment. Um, and yeah, it just looks incredible, incredible. So yeah, they're, they're, worth, they're worth the investment. Um, me personally, I need to get a better bench grinder because mine is mine was just like a cheap, like fifty dollar in the like in the DIY store thing. Um, yeah, so I need something with a bit more grunt to it. But um, they they do work for you know final finishes that kind of thing. There you go. There you there go. We go. Next one is from Luke Seals, and again, all these people are on Instagram. We're using their Instagram handles because that's how people are generally sending us messages. So. He says, how do you minimize or eliminate the bump from the joint in a belt on a 2x72? Use better belts. Well, the, <laughs> yeah. No, but, it, but you do, it, there is that. I have gotten belts from companies that were just sending me some belts, and the, the gap is so huge um, that it, the, the seam, that it, it like chatters. Like they're useless, totally useless belts. Mm. Sure. But sometimes if you're using a very, very, and we've talked about this, but I don't know if you want to do the countdown or not, but sometimes on those J-Flex belts, especially like 400 and 800, that tape, that tape in between can, if you have a, if you have a very hard backing, <laughs> it'll, it'll jump, it'll bounce on the hard backing of the plat. So, sure. Don't do I mean, it. It's, I don't know. Especially, yeah, no, no, on those finer belts, especially it's, it's hard to avoid. Um, I will say I, I've, used a lot of belts up to this point and the the belts that i've have experienced have the least bump uh they actually they cut the belt at an angle and then they add material to the back to kind of patch it or stitch it together the ones like there are other ways of yeah so it's they're attaching basically end to end with a backing on them the ones that i've experienced have a really bad bump is they'll cut the belt and then they'll clean off the abrasive off of part of one end and then they'll reattach the belt lapping it over itself so in that area it's actually almost kind of like one and a half times almost two times thickness and that's where i've had some really bad bumps uh in my grinding and the only thing mm. the only thing i've found that they work well on is on my rotary platen uh, because it like jeff was saying it, it hard backing really accentuates that bump the rotary platen basically makes it like the the bumps not even there uh but if a rotary platen is a very specific tool that you can only use for certain grinding processes it's not great for flat grinding or anything like that um if that's what you're trying to do with that belt so yeah you can also i mean sorry you can also uh what i did was um, when I was making the Bandito knives, I really wanted to do as much on the belts as possible as I do 50 of them. So I, I actually used some masking tape and a piece of Scotch-Brite, and I put the Scotch-Brite on the platen, and then I wrapped the yeah. whole thing in masking tape, and it just mm. gave it a little bit of, it had a little bit of give, sure. and there was no, the, the belt bump was non-existent because there was that, it had a little bit of pushback in, so it was kind of moving in towards the Scotch-Brite. That was huge. And I know some people put leather, bits of leather yeah. on their thing it, giving you know just making it not as uh firm will prevent on the higher grit some of that bump too yeah i've got platinum with a bit of leather and that yeah as we say it just allows me to go up up the grids grits that just a little bit more but um it uh, the first thing we said is you need good belts so if you need good belts yeah. well let me tell you. you look at you combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. 
Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! Knife Talk 15. 15% off your belts. They're the belts that we all use. So head on over to combatabrasives.com. Make sure you use Knife Talk 15 as your promo code. And they've got other stuff too, not just belts. So go, go and take a look. I just got a, uh, a load from them, and they I got a belt cleaner, one of those like belt erasers. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I got the uh, I got some uh, uh, compound for the Kydex. They got, they got all sorts of good stuff. And I like the fact that you can buy their belts in bulk. So you can get them in yeah. sets at twelve or something like that, and they're you know just it's real nice, and I, I like their website too. Very easy to yeah. use. Go take a look, combatabrasives.com. So now it's time for a new bit. Oh. I mean, we love answering your questions, but quite often we get the same question over and over again. Um, so we want to change things up a little it's bit. Your so fault. over the coming weeks, listeners, it's all your fault. It's all your <laughs> fault. Yeah. Over the coming weeks, we're going to try a new, some new bets. So this first one is something that I come up with earlier. Um, and it's weird. The three of us, we're into cooking, and we often talk about cooking. We love to go off on a tangent, and we'll talk about cooking for some time. But it doesn't always really work on, on a podcast because you can't taste, you can't smell. So we're going to do some sort of cook-along, and, and we've got a new bet. It's like food for your ears. <laughs> for food your for your ears. ears. Is that the same guy or is that a new guy? It's a new guy. I it's like a new guy. the new guy. The, the guy was busy. It was only yesterday I sent a message to say, could you do another one? And he was busy, so he couldn't. So he's a new guy. <laughs> he said, all right, let, me send my, let me send my fill in. <laughs> so the idea is we're always talking about food, as I just said. So um, we're always arguing about who does the best, whatever it may be. So we thought, you're, why not? you're the what one who's the... arguing. I don't. I don't. I'm arguing now. But I mean, we're not. I don't argue about who does it best. <laughs> okay, you're, you're very confident that you're the best, but it's not. It's not true. <laughs> not true. That? So we've got a way where our listeners can uh, determine who is the best at a particular dish I'll each week. Go ahead. So the 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 KTP Cookalong Challenge. We'll have a different dish each week. Something quite simple that we, the three of us could do for our family, but also you guys at home could do as well. Um, and, you know, take pictures and share them, all the rest of it, as, as we do. So we're calling it the KTP Cookalong, um, hashtag food for your ears. Um, and I thought that this week would be good if we did, because we've talked about this so much, and we're not going to talk about pineapple, the pineapple debate again. But I thought maybe pizza. So the three of us this week, we'll cook a pizza for us or for our family, whatever it may be. We'll upload a picture and you guys decide who's done the best pizza. And maybe the winner will get to choose a dish next week. Mm. So I think it's a, it's a good way for us to, to get chatting about food and stuff because we all make chef knives anyway. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, but also, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I get in sort of rut food ruts here in the house where... We generally always default to the same dishes, so I'm hoping over a few weeks I'll, it'll it'll open my mind a bit, and I'll I'll be cooking right. something a bit different too. So, what's going to be your folk? What's 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 the strategy? What is your going to be your strategy to win? I'm not going to tell no. you my strategy. Oh. Jesus, <laughs> but, but I will tell you. Smasher I will sounds tell you a little bit nervous, some, doesn't he? I've got some new cameras coming. I've got. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's all can, about I'm, presentation and style. For I me. know you're going to put the kids in too, right? That's what that's your oh, move. of course, of course, of course, yeah. yeah. See, I I have no problem telling you my strategy, which is going to be I'm going to try to cook something that everybody can cook, 
and not be yeah. and just tr- make it as simple and easy as possible. Fair enough. And then Fair what are we going to do it on? Maybe we'll do it on the Instagram stories, and then we could you could do that. You could do it on the Instagram stories, and then exactly. have be a highlight. So each one exactly. could be a highlight. Yeah. So we'll start okay. with pizzas this week. So the three of us we'll we'll use the um, the knife talk account and we put it up on the story. So as long as it's up by you know by next Sunday. And, and you guys as well. So everybody at home, if you've got a way of cooking a pizza which you think is killer that you want to share, um, hashtag KTP Cook Along because we've already done the build along. So this is the cook along. Um, yeah, and it should be fun. So it's going to be pizza this week. Um, whoever wins, we'll put up a, a like a, a judging thing then, so you know the listeners can decide who's who's done the best pizza. They get mm-hmm. to choose the the meal for the following week. Should okay. be fun. I need to. Know, I want to pick. I want to. I'm going to try to pick my day because I'm actually looking at the weather because it's so goddamn hot up here. I don't want to be turning the oven on in the weather. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't have that. I don't. You ha- don't have an outdoor pizza oven. Fuck oh, no. Neither man. do our listeners. No. So oh, guess who's going to lose? Guess who's going to lose too? Because these motherfuckers <laughs> want to know how to do it themselves. They're not going to. They're going to build an igloo in the background and you know, <laughs> have. They don't have their own forest to cut down the they trees don't. to cook to cook. People everything. want escapism. They yeah. want escapism. Yeah. They want to see yeah. how. They could do the it lock, in different circumstances. Lockwood wheat fields, and then he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna grow his own fucking wheat. Listen, guys, oh, listen, geez. listen. I'm talking to you, the listeners. I'm gonna make it easy for you, and you know what to do. You know what to do. Oh, you're just gonna order a fucking that's pizza. That's desperation. That was an Eric the actor for all you Stern fans. That was an Eric the actor. That was a, oh, two people gonna get that one. You know what to do. You know what to do. So that's food for your ears. Um, and if you want to join along, you can use the hashtag KTP Cook Along and send us pictures of, of your pizzas. Should be fun. Should be fun. And I need to play this jingle again yum, yum. just because I love yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. It's like food for your ears. <laughs> he might oh, be better guy. than the original guy. Quite possibly. He's Quite good. Possibly. That's funny. <laughs> so you're going to have a strategy, Morocco. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do everything as much as possible from scratch. I don't have a uh, a, a glue like you have, but um, if I did, I would definitely use it. I'll just be doing it out of my oven. But that's Look at it. You, you gonna do as much? That's this, we're all gonna well, have I've... very similar, very different strategies. Yeah, hmm. it's well, got to be from scratch, surely. Does... I mean, you got to make your own what? dough. You got to make your own sauce. What are you gonna make your? I know do you Jeff smell your own steel? So... Do you smell your own steel? Use your own canned sauce that jeff uses you can't be doing that Get shit you gotta make your this own is, now we're getting back i mean what is this like a stock <laughs> removal versus forging situation <laughs> get out of here don't, don't worry about me you don't worry about the you gotta worry about you okay the lockwood, the lockwood restaurant the lockwood pizzeria the lockwood pizzeria <laughs> i'm making my own cheese and everything. oh is he are you milking your own cows too <laughs> yeah you fucking that's unbelievable look at him He's growing the tomatoes. He's going to milk his sheep. You're going to do sheep cheese. Oh, I've got basil growing here. Basil. Oh, I'm, I'm all yeah. in. I am all in. You're going to build it from everything's from scratch from you. Do you have the, your own tomatoes too? I don't. No, right, I don't. Well, but I've got neighbors who grow grow them. So, well, yeah. It'll be good. I'm not giving too much away. It'll be good. So, what's the, what do you think, out of curiosity, what is the, what gets you the victory? With our listeners, because we could all argue that ours is going to be the best, but it's going to be what our listeners decide was the best. Is it going to be what they see as looks the best or what they can accomplish themselves? They're not going to be able to taste it. So it's got to be uh, based on your recipe, your um, 
your ability to cook it, your presentation, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and how you sort of present it to the audience. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's it's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're making notes. I'm not making any notes. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. When you came up with this bit, I knew exactly what I'm going to do, and I'm just I'm 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 the road to victory is mine. And I, I'm just, uh, you're going to sit back with a beer and call Domino's. I don't call Domino's. I don't call Domino's. What do I? What do I look like, Rick Barter? I don't go call. I don't do that. I'm not Rick Barter. I'm calling up pizzerias and then complaining about the pizzas. Kentucky. I'm not doing that. There's another insight. Let, let's make a rule that we're not having any sort of pineapple talk next week. If you want, if you want to go for pineapples, oh, go for it. But we've we've done that to death. May I just say, I the la- you know, I, I try to, you know, I'm always kind of pushing our listeners to try to come up with you know even at the last minute hey, come on put up a put up a thing so it's i guess you're listening to this monday we're co- recording sunday sunday morning i wrote all right if you have any barn burner questions now's the time i got a five or six how to burn <laughs> you, how, questions, questions on how to burn your barn oh my god go on read some oh, out. all right okay you want me to read some out okay all right so let's get to barn question number one Con- these are hot off the press. Yeah, these hot off the clever. Press. All these goofy bus mother. These goofy fucking guys. They okay, okay. The, Connor McGinnis McCrillis says, "At what point?" Oh, this was that was another one. Connor McCrillis asks, "At what point does a mustache become a beard?" That was a. I was like, "Come on, man." That's a weird huh. question. Um. Then we got. Um, here we go. I erased some of them. I was so irritated. Heil Keith wants to know, I have no experience with barn burning. Do you start the fire with diesel fuel or motor oil? Everyone knows gas is, gas is too dangerous. I got a pot. I got a hat a pot. Uh, <laughs> here's a CJ Miller wants to know, when burning a barn, is it preferred to begin with the broadside? Does the cardinal direction come into play? Uh, are there any animals in the barn? Do you postpone the barn burning or, you know, eh? I ask about barn burning, and they were like, I'm a new to barn burning, so I have so many questions. That's the funniest part, C.J. Miller. There you go. Let's get back to the show. Fucking barn burning. Yeah. Shall we take just a couple more questions? Hey, man. Can I ask you a question? Okay. Who's taking the next one? This next one is from Arvac Knives. He says, what should it, uh, sorry, what should I be looking for to know whether a knife I've made is quality? Is there a checklist you go through for your own work? I think it's Arva because the K is silent in knives. You know what oh. I'm saying? <laughs> Arva, oh, yeah. Arva knives. My bad. No problem. It's cool. I'm stupid, everybody. You're one of those guys. Though, no like one on says Facebook, you're stupid. It's just we, we always fuck everybody's names up. That's the other thing is I get messages saying I can't wait for you guys to screw up my name. It's fine. But it's funny because K really doesn't deserve to be in knives. And you, you, you were right. It should have been Arvac knives, but it's not. <laughs> Arvac knives. Okay. okay. Checklist. So you go through quality. Um, quality checks. I I have a checklist sort of processes to make sure I'm I'm doing every process in order, um, but I don't have a checklist sort of to check my work at the end. Um, it's just as I'm doing each process, I sort of tick them off a checklist and and make sure they're done to a certain standard. Um, but I think what you know, once you've done you know a few hundred knives, you know what's good, and you, you you can find a fault very very quickly in your own work. Whereas quite often I can I can you know, hand a knife to my wife and say you know see if you can find the fault in that, and she's like no I can't find anything, but I know it's there you know. So you know once you're handling a knife for you know so many hours, you know exactly if there's something isn't perfect. But no, I I, I don't have a checklist really. I really try to do everything very. I I I really am interested in in, in very simple transitions. Uh, 
And the simpler the transitions, the better the overall outcome is. And that's also the reason why my pizza is going to win, P.S. Simple transitions. So when, you're, when I look at the knives at the end, I'm constantly just looking at if every step is right. I'm not trying to fix problems after if I know it's wrong. That's the biggest problem. Like the problem that I have that I, that I have a hard time kind of like avoiding is sometimes there'll be cracks in the wood below where I see it. That's the part that, especially with um, stabilized wood, sometimes you mm. don't necessarily, you know, you see it and it looks great and stuff like that, but then you don't see any problems inside. Um, that's when I have to make the decision to kind of redo the handle. I redid a couple handles recently because um, there were these cracks that I just could not, I couldn't get past. You know, it was just like, and, and the epoxy filled the crack and it just looked like the crack had been filled and then really like it. Um, and then sometimes what I do do when I when I do uh, um, after heat treatment is I try to flex them and see how they flex back. And if they're not flexing back, I know that there's a real problem. But in regards to checklists, it's always at that every end of the stage. I don't go to the next step until everything is looks the way it is. And you know some things kind of come out with you don't expect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't think I have a specific checklist. Uh, over the years, I've done a lot of destruction testing on stuff, um, especially knives that uh, I'm not happy with. Like, maybe the pattern didn't turn out, or it was just a little bit on the short side or something like that. And so I'm just, I just straight up destroy it. Just the same way I'll hit the block button, I'll just say, fuck this knife, and I start breaking it into a bunch of pieces. Talk about the block smasher. Who's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh so that's one way uh so because that's a little bit big concern a concern for people is you know how tough is this is it gonna break how well does it hold an edge if you don't know the only way you're gonna find out is by first figuring out a decent heat treating process or at least one that you want to start with use it and then start testing it through all the different paces that you can you know i i've taken chef's knives and hammered into like dry antler just to see what that would do and, or what in what part of the cross section that it like either chips out or roll ribbons kind of up to and stuff like that to see how far you can, I can push the geometry with this spe uh, specific piece of material type of material on a specific heat treatment regimen. Um, when it comes to like, like hand sanding, you know, there, there are tricks that people use like my, uh, my buddy, uh, Zach Jonas, Jonas Jonas knives or Jonas blades I can't remember sorry Zach anyways uh when he does his hand sanding progression to make sure that he doesn't miss a scratch from a previous grit he uses um a kind of tool uh tool maker's die or a die chem and he'll he'll spray out the whole blade and as he's scratch or sanding when he's going from 200 220 or something like that to 400 the the 220 will continue to show up until the 400 is literally sanded out the the very to the very bottom of those 220 scratches and that's one way to you know prevent you know getting too far uh and accidentally leaving behind like a coarse scratch um i think when it comes to like the cutting performance of something especially for chef's knives like i think you you gotta use it and if 
say you you don't you know you're trying to make chef's knives but you don't necessarily have um the greatest knife skills or or kind of depth of experience and to know what you're looking for when a knife is cutting well um you know that's when you 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 could try to enroll somebody uh or, or talk to a chef or a friend that cooks somebody who has experience using those tools um to can i put it through its paces if it's a hunting knife lend the knife to a hunter have them take it out into the field and use it stuff like that hmm. um just to to get that kind of feedback because uh if especially if you don't know how to use the tool the only way you're going to figure out if it works is by i think the only way i would be able to figure out if it works is by passing it off to somebody who who knows how that tool should be used and how it works and and get their feedback and kind of make adjustments um either to the the thickness of the knife or the grind or the the actual geometry of the cutting edge or the late uh, the length or the balance and all blah 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 all the different details you can figure out but when it comes to quality i mean I, I think it's super subjective. Everybody has their own opinion, idea, even around chef's knives. What makes a great chef's knife? I think there's there's a, a particular style and weight and balance and grind and geometry for literally every single person around the world. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you're ever going to be able to dial it in for everybody. Uh, I think you can just do the best job you can. You brought up mm -hmm. something that uh, one of our listeners, <clears throat> we used to do a bit called... Um you know what you should do. And we should probably do that again at some point where people send in tips. And I forgot. Hey, you, you know what you should and do. I forgot this guy's name and I apologize, but he was saying for new makers to other new makers, um, that if you, if you're using the grinder and if you put, um, layout fluid on the blades, you'll know how you've done. If all the in between grits, you'll know how you've done based on, you know, if there's no more blue, you know, there's no more, layout fluid you know you you put mm, the layout fluid yeah. in between and that is a great checklist to kind of show you in which how far you've gone if you've gotten rid of all the the uh the layout fluid you're ready for the next grit like your friend was doing jonas was doing with the hand sanding yeah hmm. good idea yeah yeah sorry for the sorry i didn't i didn't i was looking for that guy's name i'm sorry i, didn't, I forgot your name but you did a nice job yeah, good tip, good tip. I tell you what, we need another tip. If you're looking for a grinder, anybody got any tips? I have a tip. I think you should use Broadbeck it. Ironworks. The guys at Broadbeck Ironworks, Ryan and Vince, make a beautiful grinder. They are both knife makers, and they made a, knife, uh, they made a grinder for their knife makers. So they know what they like, and they know what they don't like. It's a great grinder. Um, it's very versatile and intuitive. It's got a nice long platen and a very long uh, work rest that's very, uh, it, it moves around. You can switch it from side to side. It pivots to be used horizontally and vertically. There's lots of attachments with more in development. I just saw videos or pictures of uh, Vince using their surface grinder attachment, and I know that they're working on uh, an integral bolster attachment. Uh, you don't need a wrench to change the attachments, and the grinders are all shipped in flat rate boxes, which cuts down on the shipping. And what happens is, is when you buy the grinder, there's no shipping charge. The shipping is built into the grinder. Um, they're super easy to put together, and if you go to BroadbeckIronworks.com, you put in Knife Talk 5, you get 5% off. For sure, follow them on Instagram because they're constantly doing these quick sales. Three days here, two days there. On a holiday, they'll throw in like, you know... The last one they threw in a um, a slab attachment, a two hundred dollar attachment. If you bought a grinder, and 
they're great guys. They both, because you listeners have been doing such a great job with them, they've both been able to quit their regular jobs and focus on Broadbeck directly 100%. So we're really excited for them. Vince and Ryan have been great. Go try out, uh, go check out them. Oh, the other thing is, lastly, is if you have any questions, you don't need to call me. You don't need to send a message to me. Vince and Ryan are very, very approachable. They'll give you plenty of information without trying to hard sell you either. So Broadbeck Ironworks is a great company of knife makers who are making grinders for other knife makers. Knife cool. Talk 5, broadbeckironworks.com. Cool. Let's take just a couple more questions before you move on. Um, if you two guys want to have a look down the list and find something that would uh, entertain you, um, I'll do this one, um, which is from Rob McKibben. Um, and he said he's building a new shop and will need to install all new lighting. And he said that I'd mentioned LED light fixtures in the past. He says, was there a certain type or brand that is better than others? Uh, there are so many options. Mm. Um, I think lighting is massively overlooked by so many people. Um, originally here, we had the, the normal sort of fluorescent light in here. Um, and the, the, it sort of refreshes really quickly. In other words, it flickers really, really fast, any sort of fluorescent lighting. Um, and what you don't realize is that, you know, your eye doesn't see that flicker but it just makes your eyes very, very tired really, really quickly. So I decided to scrap those lights and get new lights, and I went with LED, um, firstly because they are they, they take far, far less power than any sort of incandescent bulb would. Um, so, you know, you, well, you're saving money of one thing, but also you're burning less power, which is, which is good for the planet, obviously. Um, but also you've got, you've got a bit more control. So uh, with, you know, incandescent bulb, quite often... When you turn them on, they can take a while to get to full strength, or you know, there's all these different things that that can that can affect things. But with LED, you can you can pick your temperature. As in, if you think of lighting like exposure in a camera, where you can set your white balance, you could set the white balance of the room with your with the temperature of your uh, LEDs. An example, sort of, when you buy LEDs, they'll they'll give you a, a Kelvin rating. Um, which is the sort of the color of of those LEDs, and, it, and there's very slightly different shades. They can go from sort of two and a half thousand K, which would be sort of on more on the orangey side, sort of the warmer side, right up to sort of six thousand K, which are uh, almost almost like a blue light. And you quite often see that. So like kitchens and so on will generally go for a very clean white light. Whereas um, bathrooms um, and sometimes bedrooms will go for a sort of more sort of slightly orange, orangey sort of warmer feeling light, um, but I decided to go with five thousand two hundred K, which is which mimics sunlight, and the reason right. for that is I've got this massive sort of window on the front of the shop, so that the light streams in there. So rather than have different color temperatures um, throughout. Um, I decided to mimic that with the, with the LEDs. So I've got a bunch of LED. Um, they look like the you know the normal fluorescent tubes, um, but they're actually LEDs. So you may have to change the fit in slightly. Um, but some of them already have the uh, the power stepper in there, so you, you know they'll run straight off your mains. You don't have to add right. extra stuff. Um, and yeah, you can, you can make sure you've got the the exact sort of temperature that you want. Um, what I find is that cooler light at the sort of between the four thousand K and five and a half thousand K is is really really sort of a, it's not not a white light. It's slightly bluer, um, and it's just nice to be in that environment all day. Whereas if you're in a very bright white light all day, it can be a bit harsh on your eyes. 
And if you're in the warmer, you know, the, the lower sort of 2,500 Ks, that kind of thing, um, it can feel like it's winter because it's got this this sort of orangey glow about everything. So, yeah, um, you decide what works for you. Um, I chose 5,200K just because I've got the, the sunlight coming in as well. And even little things, when it comes to taking photos of your knives, if you've got, a, you know, different sort of temperature lighting throughout, it, it can be quite difficult to photograph well. So I just I know the whole room is, is the same sort of temperature, if you like. Um, and it just works. So, yeah, you're saving money. Um, you're being kinder to the planet. gives you more control. They don't give off any heat. Um, which is quite key, especially if you're in a warm shop. You'd be surprised how much heat that a bulb would throw down. Sure. Um, so, yeah, LEDs, they're the, they're the way forward. They last forever. Um, they don't mind being splashed with a bit of water. They're not going to go bang. It makes complete sense. And they're not really any more expensive if you look around. Um, but, yeah, so personally, I've got the, the long tubes. Uh, but there's many ways you can do it. But, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my LED story. Look at you. <laughs> uh. I just get the T8s. See when I when I go to the guy, the T8 fluorescent tubes, go to the yeah, T8, yeah. So but I, I bring an old bulb into the guy. I'm like, what should I get? And he's like, what do you like? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Something that fits as a four foot tube. And well, there's this you one can, and that you one. You can like, get. All right, I'll take that one. You can get a four foot um, tube, which is LEDs, will fit directly into a T8 because it's got the voltage steppers built into it. They are a bit more expensive, mm. um, well, but they'll give you, you know, a nice a nice light that doesn't flicker, which is which is amazing. Yeah, the flicker, and you, you will notice. You will notice your eyes. You can you can just work for longer without feeling tired. You feel you feel refreshed for more of the day. Have you ever felt yeah. when you've gone into like a big box store that uses fluorescent tubes? Did you ever feel like uh, vertigo or nausea from the lighting? Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it is that that refresh rate of the of the tubes going super fast. And like I say your eye doesn't see it, but. You know, I used to, they're taking this. They're taking that strain. I used to get, and it would it would happen very quickly. And this is is a while ago when my daughter was very young. I mean, it was I had a I had a bout of um, vertigo from allergies a number of years ago, and it was scary because like it was like it was like a wave of I was going to the left. I was crashing into the left. It was like a strange feeling. And then when I would go into these stores, all of a sudden I I wouldn't feel. I would just feel. You know, it was like a nausea almost. And I was convinced mm. it was from the lights. And I was talking to my doctor about it. And my doctor was like, well, eh, I never heard of that before. I'm like, I might have to go to a new doctor. Because it was like I'd go into these stores and, and um, I would feel something physical just being under the light. You could tell it was just from the light. Yeah. And people used to get it from old sort of computer screens as well. The old CRT ones, you know, with the big backs. The old computers. The old computers, because <laughs> ye old computer. Yeah. But because they did the same thing, they had a, like a refresh rate and they'd be refreshing super, super fast. And I think it's like 50 hertz. Um, 50 and hertz? Yeah, your, your eye can't actually see it. Um, but I can't it, yeah, see it. it, it, it it's time. doing that processing for you, which can give you headaches and all the rest of it. So, And, and there's the noise thing as well with, with those fluorescent bulbs. You may not notice, but there's, oh, there's yeah. a constant hum. I hate that. Um, and with LEDs, it's completely silent. It's the future. Look at I you. love bulb talk. You mentioned the uh, the full spectrum <laughs> for bulb talk. Uh, the the uh-huh. the full spectrum for so that the lights aren't competing. I think that's a really that's one of the things I actually when I take photos and I'm trying to just even grab something to post really quick on Instagram. If I'm next hmm. to like my door that comes into my shop, the competing lights are doing all kinds of weird stuff, and so to to have them not competing, I think would be also pretty good. 
Uh, I know yeah. that they make the fluorescent tubes in full spectrum, but I, I definitely would like to transition to LED uh, full spectrums as well, just because for the, like you said, the cost saving, um, but also the additional, you know, if you're doing knife making full time, you're, you're basically in a cave all day long. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's really been, <laughs> uh, you know, proven in studies that the full, full spectrum of light is beneficial for our human bodies in, in general. And so, if you're not going to be able to get out into the shop or, or if you're in a place where, you know, maybe the, you don't have a lot of sun, you know, full spectrum light's going to make a big positive change for you. Or, but or our least, listeners, yeah. but our listeners are, they're worried about, they're, they're tough guys. They're not, they're no, a bunch of tough guys. They're, they're not, they don't <laughs> they think can't have a little full spectrum I mean, in their life. <laughs> they don't, they think they, they got to like pick and choose where they're spending their money, you know? So if you but put in knife talk and, to fucking GE, they're gonna fucking send you some shit. Free bulbs, free bulbs, free bulbs for your blind ass. Free bulbs and computer in. That's the title for this week. God, yeah. God. So, have you two got any? Any? Do you find any decent questions? I have a funny question. This comes from Mario Dunkelberg. Hey, man, can I? Is it, re- is it really funny? Is it really you funny? Motherfuckers, you. the smasher is coming in with a high level question. Smasher. <laughs> After bulb, bulb talk, now you're giving me fritz about funny. All right, so, uh, hey, man, can I ask you a question? Hey, cuties, any weird habits when you're in your shop? Um, like cutting toenails with an angle grinder. That, wasn't, that part wasn't funny. Oh, uh, or listening to a special song, Full Blast. Thanks for the entertainment. Oh. And Craig, save. Thank you. Thanks for the save, Mario. So do you guys do anything weird in your shop? It's just the clenching for the me. The clenching. I mean, we talk about the, the <laughs> clenching in the past. That's not weird. That's... I don't do anywhere else. I don't do anywhere else. Only when I'm at the grinder. But um, no, no, I don't think any weird habits. I have a uh, habit that I've been doing for 20 years, and I fucking hate it. And it's because hmm. I'm usually every shop I've ever been in. Usually, I was alone, and my mouth is closed the whole time, and I would just my mouth would just develop all the saliva, and I would end up spitting on the floor. I spit on the floor Ugh, all the time. That's disgusting. You ask for a weird. I'm telling you weird. <laughs> oh, I'm being fucking honest. Jesus I'm being honest. Christ. So I actually, my old, my first shop guy, teacher, used to, or my, the guy who was, who was my mentor a long, long time ago, he would say, you know, he would do it and he would just, you know, just kick some dirt over or something like that. So I, I don't like hawk loogies, but like if I have extra, <laughs> if I have extra saliva in my mouth, I don't look for it. I just spit it out on the floor. I've always done that. In, in somebody else's shop? No, in my too. shop. I, I actually, I have done that in other shops too. I, I can't, it, it it became a habit that I really must break. But it, it's something that I do quite often. I have done it in other people's shops. Not other people's shops like like, like John Ariani's shop. I didn't do it there. Because usually we're talking and there's not that kind of buildup. But if I like, you know, my mouth will be closed <laughs> the whole goddamn time. I'll end up with like, you know, a quarter cup of spit in my mouth. And it's like... Oh, I just want to check. You weren't doing oh, this when you camel. worked in restaurants, were you? Um, no, no, metal shops no. because like you can hide the evidence. You know, you got dirt on the floor and you just kick a little <laughs> bit of dirt on the floor. You know, you kick the dirt. You can hide the evidence in the soup too. I don't do that. I don't believe in that. But I, you want it weird? I'm telling you, being honest. You know, I used to. I, mean, I still. I still do it. I don't hock them though. I don't like. Gets on the floor. I don't. Li- I don't like hock up a deep one, but I don't like go for the lung meat. But I do, you know, you get a mouthful of spit and you just spit it right on the floor. 
I mean, acid gets on the floor, oil gets on the floor. A little bit of right. saliva is not that big of a deal. Thank you. Thank you. But you're still riddled with COVID, probably. <laughs> well, then Nobody's stay rolling off the around on his shop floor, yeah, I'll tell no you one's that. Coming, no, one's coming to, no one's coming into my shop. I'm not, I'm not spitting, you know, maybe I am. Maybe my floor is uh, a Petri dish. Uh, you wanted the you wanted truth or you wanted me to lie? You clenching you clenching your Always ass cheeks truth. together when you're grinding. That's weird. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> I just hide another tool. I I don't like to move from the grinder, so I, I can hide a tool up there and I can just hold onto it. And oh yeah, way. like a, like a, <laughs> you're holding. What are you holding up there? <laughs> the magnet. I keep the magnet. <laughs> you got a magnet shoved up your ass. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Anything Morocco, anything weird that you do in the shop? Uh, you know, I to be completely honest, I've definitely spit on the floor in my shop, but it's usually because I got some sort of like grinding metal or something in my mouth. I'm like, plack it out, get it out of my mouth. But uh, I do, huh. I, I used to clench my teeth really bad, like all the time. I think I still yeah. clench my teeth when I when I sleep and I like grind my teeth, but it got so bad to a point. I can't remember what the the, the uh, what it's called, but my jaw was like locking up, um, and I couldn't open my mouth. Really? For at, at one point when I was in Connecticut, I couldn't really open my mouth very much, so I was like I was eating soup and drinking water. What? It was fucking. It was fucking terrible. for like days. Yeah, for like a week. You couldn't speak. Wow. You couldn't open your mouth for a week. Yeah, I I couldn't eat hardly anything. If I if I talked, I was basically talking through my teeth. What? what so what, what? Do you know? Did you ever go to a doctor? What, yeah. So I did go to. I think one of the. I went to a dentist and I also went to a doctor. But there, you know, you have those jaw muscles, these clenching muscles that are right underneath your cheekbones, mm -hmm. and they go down and they connect to your your kind of the corner of your jaw, and if you overwork those, they um, they'll start to like they build up. It's basically a carpal tunnel for your jaw and there's Ooh. there's no real good uh, uh there's no surgery really for it um and so the only thing you can do is like really train yourself to not clench your teeth and grind your teeth like that uh and you can also kind of do like some massage it sounds weird but you can actually you you pinch like with your thumb on the outside and your index finger on the inside of your jaw and you literally kind of do what's called like a cross fasciate fasciitis but you're you're working uh perpendicular to the direction of the muscle fibers and you're like pinching and rubbing back and forth to try to break it up and loosen it up it was fucking yeah. terrible that sounds it Jesus. it's got to be stress related oh yeah well it's just and it's it's kind of like well especially when i was first starting it's stepping up to the grinder and feeling like being really focused and i found that i was clenching my teeth really bad and and uh I think what I started doing is I would just put my tongue between my teeth just a little bit. And I'm not like holding my teeth open, but you know, it just kept me, it kept me if thinking like if I close my teeth or I would feel it if I close my teeth, I'm biting my tongue. And so that really helped from like the really heavy clenching. But at night still, I still, my, my wife tells me like, oh yeah, you were grinding away last night. She She's like, I can at literally hear your teeth squealing against each other like nails on a chalkboard. Oh my God. Yeah, it's fucking weird. That's, that's. Got, there you go. <laughs> my, my, my wife grinds her teeth and our dentist tried to sell us this like $700 like uh, mouth guard. 
you know, because, you know, I, I grind my teeth a little bit, but not like she, I mean, she does. And, and, right. I, and I would think, I would think, I mean, obviously now we're getting into like, you know, light bulb talk. talk and now mouth guard talk. I would think that maybe <laughs> if with a mouth guard would be good. Well, so the mouth Just guard stick an helps. apple in there. Just stick an <laughs> apple in there. You'd be fine. Just the, stick an apple. <laughs> the mouth guard helps protect the teeth, the actual enamel of the teeth and keeps them from grinding each other, but doesn't prevent the the actual grinding or, or sorry the the clenching of the jaw muscle so you're still clenching you just have a mouth guard in between between your teeth now but it doesn't affect the so it's protecting your teeth but it's not stopping the clenching mm. and the so, muscle's still doing the work yeah yeah so literally every day it's still even like right now i'm i'm kind of rubbing the jaw muscle and i can feel it's it's i just it's completely unconscious and um yeah, you know, I have to try to be more cognizant of it. Basically, every day, I have to think about it. Because <laughs> oh, Jesus, I, yeah, yeah, that's way that's worse than spitting all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I'm just relieving. I'm just basically, my mouth is relieving itself. It's like a quarter cup of wa- cup, quarter cup of spit on the floor. Gone. I don't have to worry about that. Right, Mareka, you find another question. I'm going to tell our listeners all okay. about um, the sandpaper that we use, which is by Indasa. Um, so um, Indasa USA on Instagram, they I think they're actually Portuguese, but they make the world's best sandpaper. Um, the three of us use it. And we buy these little booklets, and they're like the sheets are in, in this booklet. Amazing. They do all the grips, um, but basically they're going to save you money because they're going to save you time. And when you're saving time, you're saving money. Another way you can save money is by going to texasfarriersupply.com. And Texas Farrier Supply, they stock Indasa um, sandpaper. So the Rhino Wet is the paper that we use, the red line. Um, they stock that. They've got multiple grits there. So go go and take a look. Grab yourself some Rhino Wet. You'll thank us for it. But also take a look at the other stuff they've got too. They've got lots of stuff for the knife makers. So texasfarriersupply.com. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you're going to save 10% off your order too. What have you got to lose? And Go take a look, TexasFarriersupply.com. And shout out to Evan Milne of Texas Farrier Supply who hooked me up. I, the fun part about this podcast is we actually talk to our sponsors. So Garrett mm. over at Combat's great. Evan Milne is great at Texas Farrier Supply. He took care of me on a, a couple things. He's just a, such a good dude. Um, all the guys who are sponsors, we know them, and these are good people. So shout out to Evan. Thank you so much for all your help. Thanks. There we go. What you got, Marek? I found one. It's from Aubrey Hummer. Uh, It says, when finishing 1084 slash 15 and 20 Damascus, is it possible to strike a balance between having a chatoyant luster and darkened 1084? And what are the principles of getting there? Uh, So I'm going to assume that he's struggling to keep, basically what I'm getting from this, he's struggling to keep the dark and the 1084, kind of like the high contrast um, while still getting kind of like the chatoyant quality. And if you're not familiar with the term chatoyant, it's like, uh, if you ever seen any kind of tiger's eye stone or, or even in, uh, like in the curls of a curly wood or something like that, like it, it has this kind of like iridescent kind of glow from within itself in, in a way, uh, and that's called chatoyant. And so, um, <clears throat> I think it's actually a French word meaning cat's eye. Am I mistaken? Oh. Craig. He doesn't speak you, French. You don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just live here. Too. Anyways, like 
Yeah. So one of the ways that you can get that is by uh, getting a nice polish on your Damascus. But usually what happens when you get that nice polish is um, is that you strip out the black. And so uh, I would assume he's trying to keep that contrast while still getting that chatoyant quality. I think one of the keys to getting a good chatoyant, um, get, getting good chatoyant quality uh, in your in your materials is uh, what is it? It's like it's about 20 line, like alternating lines per quarter inch or so, uh, which sounds ridiculous to try to measure out, but I actually did it one time. Um, and, uh, you I see it a lot in Damascus that is somewhere between 400 to 800 layers, uh, of alternating layers. Um, and when you either ladder it or you texture it to create kind of a, a patterned activity, um, what you're doing is you, you're, you're forcing those layers around through each other. But what the way that you really get that chatoyant action is when you go in for the etch, not only are you getting an etch for contrast, but you're actually etching down, like you're literally etching down into the material and it's the 1084 that etches deeper. The 15 and 20 has the nickel content that makes it kind of etch resistant. And so it stays proud while the 1084 etches down but what helps achieve that chatoyant quality is you're getting on a micro level you're getting a partial sidewall of that 15 and 20 uh, from that depth of that etch and that really helps with that chatoyant iridescent kind of activity that you get hmm. um and we've talked about it before though uh, regarding getting a, a nice contrast what i would do is after etching for the depth that I'm looking for, I would hand sand the whole thing, scrub it out, uh, wet sand it with some Rhino Wet, uh, like 2000 grit, um, over the entire blade, and and then rinse it off, and then put it in instant coffee. We have episodes where we've t gone through the instant coffee before, but basically I take a, a seven ounce uh, container of instant coffee, and that's not that's not volume, that's by weight. That's what's kind of confusing about the seven ounce measurement. Uh, but I add one of those to a, a half gallon or or uh, or two liter container of water. Um, and you mix it up. You got to heat it up, mix it up, let it come back down to either the ambient shop temperature or even cool it down in the fridge. I've had the best results, uh, etch, actually cold etching, letting it soak um, for a couple hours. And usually when you bring it out, it comes out really pop in high contrast and then you also have that uh that depth um of etch from uh, from earlier and and you shouldn't ideally you shouldn't have to do anything so after you pull it out of the coffee you go directly into like a baking soda water solution um to neutralize any uh, acids and then i actually uh, i have a spray bottle with soap like like just mild dish soap that you would have on the side of your sink um, and I spray it down because there are oils in coffee and I spray that down and then rinse that off. And then, uh, and then I, uh, let the, the blade air dry, usually in front of a fan or something like that to help kind of expedite the process. You don't want it to, to dry too slow, but you also don't want it to dry too quickly. You don't want to use like a heat gun or anything like that. Cause that'll cause like a flash rust potentially. And if you let it don't go too slow, then especially if it's carbon steel, it's going to it's going to pick up rust. Um, so, but I found that just with a, like a, a, a fan that you would use to just keep the, the air flowing through the room or something like that, that'll help, uh, dry off the blade pretty quickly, uh, within a few minutes. And uh, you should have a really nice contrast finish. You should also have that, uh, chatoyant activity going on. Um, 
that's that's what I other other than being there right right there with you and helping you walking you right through it. That's about the best I can offer. There we go. There that's we the go. answer. That's the answer. That's a tight ninety minutes. I think we're coming to the end of the show. Let's just finish with um, something that we do every week. Things we'd like to happen this week. The dream of the week. Let's go with Jeff first. What would you like to be this time next week? Well, I ordered a new... My grill took a shit, so I ordered a new grill, and hopefully it's going to be ready to go this on Monday. Uh, Because it's so hot in the goddamn house, we're trying not to do any cooking, so it's been a lot of... Cold food for which has been good, but I'm looking forward to the grill, the new grill. Nice. Um, as as in like outdoor barbecue, right. you mean? Yeah, outdoor barbecue. Yeah, okay. I like what style? Ch- oh, you got a the gas guy. grill, just a gas sure. grill. I like you know I like charcoal and stuff like that, but it's just so much work. I like a, ga- a gas grill, but this my old one, you know, got a lot out of it, and this one's going to be great. And I just it's it's a little bit they've taken their they've it's taken a little bit too long. It's not a very you know I should I should have had it by now, but fine. And then. Hmm. Um, I got some work to do, and I'm uh, helping my mother move. So that's hopefully that becomes a very easy transition because feels like it's not. Sure. Is she moving in with you? Mm, fuck no. Fuck <laughs> no. Fuck no. Fuck no. It's a better place okay. for her and a little bit more uh, people her own age. And it's you're putting in a excited. home, basically. We understand. Asshole. Rather than not, moving I'm with not, you, you're no, putting I'm not. her in a home. I'm not. I'm not putting her in a home, you motherfucker. You. This is. She's you know, isolated, and she's in, in the park. middle of COVID. In the middle of COVID, where everybody's everybody's just dying in these homes. Yeah. You're like, right then, okay, mother. Now's the time. Look at you. You think you know? You think you know? You think you know? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Reco. <laughs> fucking smasher. smashing my balls the time. Uh, I'm looking forward to whooping your guys' ass in the pizza contest. Ooh, <laughs> fight shock. Look at you. Look at you. Look yeah. at you. Uh, I am looking forward to making the pizza. Uh, we're actually um, we're gonna have my in-laws over, uh, and that'll be a perfect time to do the pizza. We've been doing uh, these dinners outside. It's uh, our, this place that we moved into uh, about three or four months ago. The backyard in the afternoon. It's it gets. Uh, it's, we have a giant maple basically. And there's actually also a giant cedar and also a, a Douglas fir in the backyard. And, um, and they all are on, uh, the sun setting side, the Eastern or sorry, the Western side of the yard. And so at, in the evening, the sun's setting and they all shade the yard, which is nice because during the day you get the heat. And then in the evening you can sit down and it's still pleasantly warm out and, everything so we've been doing uh but shaded uh we've been doing these outs outside dinners lately and we also have a fireplace in the backyard and so uh we'll we'll have dinner and then we'll we'll, ha- we'll get a little fire going and lately we've been just kind of like roasting marshmallows and stuff so it'll be cool to do uh, a dinner have them over for dinner uh, you know they've been so awesome and helped us uh along the way so much so it's nice to try to give back here and there um where we can and yeah we're gonna have them over for dinner and do some pizza uh i'm actually gonna do a little extra thing with the pizza that i think people are gonna appreciate and that's why i think i'm gonna win but uh <laughs> wait, wait hold on a second i'm not telling you no, you don't have I'm to tell, tell me well, you don't have to tell you don't have to tell me jeff, anything 
you go get your DiGiorno's out of the freezer aisle, <laughs> and I'm going to make it all from scratch. You think you know. You think you know. You're going to make it all from scratch. You're going to go He's going to go down to the wheat field and plow some wheat. But what I was going to ask was, how are we formatting these videos? Because I was thinking <laughs> that I would do just uh, the Instagram stories on sure. Knife Talk, and then that way we can yeah. we can put them in a highlight, and then people can watch them as a highlight. It makes it a little bit more. That's all okay. we need, yeah. yeah. And if it's longer, it can go to IGTV anyway, because you can post your <clears throat> posts to both. Yeah, it's fine. So yeah. wait a second. I mean, I'm, we... I'm not talking a, a 60 minute documentary on making a pizza here. You know, it's it's a. So I want to know. know you got to give us a little bit of a hint, Mareko. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be doing something a little extra. I think it's something actually common in New York. Uh, I only uh, discovered it recently. Over here on the west coast, you're gonna spit pl- on the pizza. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah, you, that's you, you're, it. You're, you're I'm on gonna drop fire it on the today. floor. The too. smasher, <laughs> the fucking smasher. You have been really have been on a roll today. It's it's something <laughs> they do in New York. Oh yeah, mm. no, you're, yeah. You're put some coal pizza on shops. top of it. No, you coal fired no. pizza. No, I don't have. I have a. Pe- I have an oven. Mm. I, don't, I don't have that fancy mm. stuff. Well, give us a tip. Give us a hint. Nothing. That's is it. It, is it. It's based, made from pizza dough. Is it about the base? Is it about the top in? Is oh, it he's about... going to do like a calzone or stromboli or pizza nuts. Nope. Oh, That's okay. not it. Oh. Stuff crust. Yeah, stuff crust. <laughs> guess we'll you're just have to see. That's, that's what Tuesday. it is. When you're clenching in your shop, that's what it is, a stuff crust. That's <laughs> stuff I'm, cook, crust. I'm cooking on Tuesday, so I'll probably be posting about it either Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. Okay. I'll have to figure out. Then I'll, cool. yeah, okay. All the best of luck to you all. <laughs> it's like the Hunger Games. <laughs> okay, so I've been going on about this, but my laser, it's, it's due to come in two, three days. So Ooh! Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that was appropriate. That was appropriate. So the first thing, first thing I'm obviously going to do is is rip off all of Morocco's um, Damascus patterns and just laser them on and 100%. just save time that way, you know? Exactly. It's, it's... <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, so that's coming. And also, um, I ordered a, a new camera as well. Um, just because I... Yeah. I've got a lot coming up now, sort of knife-wise, where I've just been almost on hold for, it feels like, months. Um, and I've got a few bits of equipment and stuff here that I didn't have before. So, yeah, I'm just going to film, you know, them as well, stick them up on YouTube, that kind of and thing. And you plopped so much um, money in your light bulbs, now your camera sucks. That's the thing. You're right. Yeah, absolutely right, yeah. The lighting was cheap. The lighting's super cheap. Everybody should do it. It's a massive yeah. improvement. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to be doing some sort of videos and stuff as well, Um but yeah, the main thing is this laser. I just can't wait. I've got lots of ideas, and I can't sleep at the moment. It's, yeah, it's getting to me. So, what's your <laughs> what's, what's your what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do for your pizza? What's your what's your strategy? Ah, uh, okay. So, um, uh, semolina dough. I'm not gonna tell you. No, to. listen, no, guys. You guys you. are like you I'm think I'm looking you, for please. a recipe. I'm looking to you to say <laughs> what are you what are you gonna do to make your 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 uh, the, the the people vote for you it isn't your recipe okay okay simplicity the pizza's going to be pretty simple with regards to flavor profiles pretty simple but it needs to be perfect um and i've, I've dialed in my dough recipe oh. um i've put, I put 
tons of hours Look into this uh, pizza oven, knowing how to use that properly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all up for this, oh, yeah. all up for it. I'm already thinking of the dish that I'm going to be saying next week because I'm going to win. Okay, well, what's the dish you know? you're going to so say? I'm already... What's the dish you're going to say next week? Because you're going to lose. Let's just get this one over and oh, done okay. with. Let's all right. So that's what, see, that's your mistake is you're looking past your opponents and you already think you're. That's that's the that's the problem. <laughs> Listeners of we, Night Talk, the... you know what to do. You know what to do. <laughs> And who knows, hopefully some of our listeners will do the same and we'll see some of theirs as well. And if they do them before we do ours, maybe we'll copy bits. We don't know. No, I'm, don't I'm, know. I'm interested in what Mareko's idea of what a, what a pizza, a New York pizza guy does. Yeah. I, I, I will mm. add that uh, the, the stuff I'm doing for my pizza stuff, it's, anytime we do pizza night, it's the same stuff I do every time. I'm not going above and beyond. It's just my normal stuff. I, but I think it's pretty good. That's all. All right, so you're going to do a standard, the standard pizza you do at home. You're not going to like. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not going crazy. This is yeah. what I know. Oh, this is what I do every every time we do pizza okay. night. Oh, same thing. That's same thing. I'm going to go nice and easy. Nice yeah. and easy. So make sure you're following us on Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram to see our pizzas, obviously. Um, yeah, thanks. That's a great show. Um, we'll speak to you all again next week. Bye-bye. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.